Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Half Full Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, DJ, and with me today is my favorite brother, Zeke. Hey, what's up, y'all? All right, guys, we've got a great show for you guys today. We're going to be talking about Magic the Gathering for the topic, but before we get into that, we're going to do the usual, tell you a little bit, a little bit about what we've been up to, what games we've been playing, what movies we've been watching, that sort of thing. Then we're going to do a short news segment where we're going to shout out some of the uh, games that just came out and some of the games that are coming out this fall. We'll probably touch on a couple movies quick, too, and then we'll slide on into the topic, and we'll chat your guys' ears off about some Magic the Gathering, both digital online and in person with the, the cards. All right, so, but before we get into that, uh, what have you been up to, Zeke? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, since our last show, I guess, uh, we, 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 were, we talked about the, um, uh, what was it again? The, uh, we were playing a bunch of... Um, RuneScape. RuneScape. That was it. So yeah, after RuneScape, I kind of transitioned. Uh, we, kind, we we slowly started just not playing that as much, and I think I kind of transitioned back into a little bit of TFT, Teamfight Tactics, and League of Legends a little bit casually, while I was also doing that on the side as well. Um, and then I also, we recently just picked up Magic the Gathering. But besides that, I mean, that's pretty much pretty much what i would do i've been pretty busy with work too so i haven't been doing a ton of gaming but a good amount a good amount so mostly and some some league of legends in the variant of probably the main game and teamfight tactics and then a little magic the gathering so. we played a little smash too i think in there um, yeah we did since our last podcast you and me hopped on super smash bros went a couple I've been rounds trying out some mobile games too but trying out some mobile like on the iphone uh apple arcade i tried some of that stuff out that was a pretty um, big deal lots of people were talking about that what'd you think of it yeah um, nothing's really sticking too much, although, what the golf, but everyone's kind of talking about that. That was actually a really good game. My wife and I were playing it last night. The Frogger one, I was a little disappointed with. The controls were kind of tough. Um, at least touch controls were tough. Is it so, like a 3D Frogger, like open world, or is it like the old 2D jumping across the road? It's very much like the 2D one. It looks 3D, right? But you can only move sideways or forward and backward. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you really, you can't do them at the same time. You like literally can only go left or right or forward or backward. And if you use like arrow keys on like an iPad keyboard, it goes two spaces, which is really annoying. And then if you use your hand, sometimes you swipe up and it actually, you know, you, the swiping, it's like you have to like swipe, 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 or like I don't know. It's just it's weird. It's just, I don't know. I think they just I think it would maybe be better with like a controller or something. Maybe I don't know because it's difficult when you. Like if you just want to go one space up and then one space over quick, you know what I mean. I think it, I think it would be great with a D pad, because like originally the original Far game wasn't didn't it, you could play with a D pad right wherever it was on the system it was on. Yeah, yeah. It launched, I think it's meant for a D pad. Yeah, it launched back on some of the original Nintendos. Um, I just so, don't think it's it was kind of annoying for for me anyways because I felt like it wasn't consistent. But I, also, I also have a Frogger game on Game Boy Advanced as well. Um, which plays kind of the same way, but it's actually a little more open-worldy. Not really, but it's like it's not all about crossing the road. There's a lot of other stuff it you can do. Feels, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's all kinds of stuff. There's like you know obstacles and things. It's not just the road, like toys jumping around everywhere, right? But it's not like I don't know. Anyways, this is enough about Frogger. 
Um, but what the Welcome golf I thought to was the Frogger good. podcast. We discuss yeah. everything Frogger and what you need to know. I've actually been really excited about TFT and League of Legends. Try, I tried to, you know, make a last-minute range climb. I just and before the season ends in like a week and a like two weeks. But honestly, I just don't think I have. I just I haven't been putting in enough time. I've been doing well when I do play, but I don't play a ton, you know. And I've been kind of switching back and forth between TFT and um, traditional like Summer's Rift, League of Legends ranked. So it's like I haven't been climbing a ton. You know what I mean? I haven't been putting enough games to like climb a lot, you know. Yeah, you, know, you win two, lose one, win two, lose one. You're not going to climb very fast if you're only playing a couple games every couple days, you know. For sure, yeah. I think that's that kind of goes across to all different games and platforms. Is if you're playing ranked and you're not putting a lot of time in, you're going to climb really slow, you know. Unless you're winning every game, I mean. But yeah, but I've, I've, I try to keep a different kind of mindset to it. Like I'm not playing league to hit like gold. You know what I mean? I'm not playing TFT to hit gold. What happens is like I was watching. Um, uh, League of Legends, the World's Championship, or whatever. You know, I like to watch the 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 esports like for League of Legends, and I also like to watch the streamers that stream TFT. So like, I watch and then like, oh, I want to try that out. You know what I mean? And I I just kind of play League in a way where like it's less about like playing like one thing over and over and trying to climb and grind, and it's more about like, oh, this sounds really cool. Like theory crafting a lot of it. That's kind of what I like about the game. You know? Yeah, I get that. That's cool. But anyways, you seen any so... any good movies? Um, I don't. Th we have not been out to see a lot of good movies. I think I might have seen a few things at the house. Like I saw How to Train Your Dragon, the third one, finally. That actually, I really enjoyed that. That was fun. Um, because that's on DVD now or whatever. You, you just saw it for the first time. Mm hmm. Oh, did you the like third it? One. Yeah. The third one. Yeah, I, I saw the first one way back when when it was in theaters. I worked at the theater. It was amazing. Loved it. Saw it a bunch of times. Um, have you ever seen the second one? I saw the second one. I'm pretty sure I saw that in theaters as well. Um, I liked it. It was good. And the third one, I actually, I, I when it first came out, I heard weird things about it. And it was like kind of mixed reviews a little bit. And I don't know, I just never got out to see it. And, and But I'm glad I did. I um, Anna came over, my sister, and me and my sister and my wife watched it the other night. And it was great. I liked it. It was good. It was a good way to kind of end up the series, I think. They did a good job with it. Like uh, I liked it. I, was I love How to Train Your Dragon. Um, I it love is, the series. Well. It is my favorite animated movie of all time. Um, and I love the whole series. And right now, my kids are actually out in the living room watching the latest Netflix DreamWorks mashup of uh, How to Train Your Dragon. But it's actually called Dragon Rider Rescue or something. And it's a kid's version where they ride dragons with totally different characters. But kind of set in like a similar universe. Except the dragons can talk. A little more kid-friendly. Um, but it's actually made by the same people and everything. So very interesting. They also have the actual whole How to Train Your Dragons Netflix series on Netflix. Like the original. Um, you can watch the cartoon series spanning like so many seasons. I did. I saw a lot of those. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those. I'm personally not into watching a lot of animated stuff. But I happen to be around it due to my children. Um, in my own time, I, I watch more of the modern TV shows that are out. Whatever's latest and greatest on ABC and and all that, and then I keep up yeah. on a couple of reality TV shows and things yeah. like Amazing Race I've and Survivor. Seen a few, I've seen a few episodes of that show, but the, I don't think I ever got like into it. Um, but also, like, I think shows are tricky. Like, some shows are made for like adults and kids. You know, like for instance, like Avatar: The Last Airbender. Like, that's a great example. Or like anything that those people make. Like, they just came out with this new one called like The Dragon Prince. Love that. It's a cartoon, but it's really like 
it's not only is it made for kids, but it's like really made for adults too. Where in the sense of like it's it's got in depth, you know what I mean? It's like a, an overarching story. It's just well made. And then there's some that just are made for kids, you know what I mean? And it's very repetitive. There's not a lot of like character development and that's how I would explain it. this how to the, the how to train your dragons yeah. cartoon on and TV. And so a lot of times that's what happens, in it, and those just aren't interesting to like adults, you know. Yeah. Which just sounds like that's kind of what that just how to train your dragon. Um, show was right oh yeah the I mean, same thing you when you get in like pokemon anime it's kind of hard to watch that and digest it because it's like the same thing over and over again yeah the exact exactly. same layout of the episode and it's just changing up characters or names or who's in trouble this time which is hard for me to really ever get into that kind of stuff i mean in the past i've watched stuff like futurama um which yeah. is clearly an adult cartoon due to all the, the sexual innuendos and like, drug references and I even think like Clone Wars, or the, the the Clone Wars cartoons, those are very adult based too because they're not. Again, it might have something to do with that repetitive. You know what I mean? I don't. I'm not a TV expert. I don't know all this stuff, but I, it definitely is something I have to do with the repetitiveness because like the Clone Wars would do like you know two or three episodes that like were all just like to be continued. Like they were really just one big episode. You know what I mean? And it's just like keeping like things interesting and different, and but also having like some good character development and some interesting storylines and plot lines and some more in depth points in it you know what i mean that like you don't have to catch you know what i mean it's like kids might not catch some of the more intricate stuff but it's like in there for the adults you know yeah yeah like, that, that's a pretty that, like, well well balanced cartoon movies, you know what i mean so. pixar movies are a great example you know like like they just put a little humor in there and things like that for adults and they're very well made in depth you know speaking of pixar movies i recently saw toy story 4 um and i watched it probably a half a dozen times now in the background as the kids have watched it several times yeah, um, I saw they were watching it when I was over the other day. Yeah, so <clears throat> that's a good movie. It's cute and all that. Aside from that, I saw Maleficent recently. Really loved Maleficent. If you haven't seen the first one, watch the first one first. It'll definitely pay off. The second one's, I mean, kind of as good as the first one. Better in some ways. Not as good in other ways, but they're both really great movies. I definitely recommend catching those. Um, Game-wise, I've been playing a little bit of Pokemon some of the uh, Let's Go Pikachu just kind of running around, getting the feel on the Switch again, because I know there's a new Pokemon game right around the corner. Um, I've been playing Magic the Gathering with you, and that's really about it. Um, I haven't been playing too many video games, but I'm kind of bouncing around, jumping into a couple few old things I've done, just checking up on everything. Um, let's see. I think that that about covers what we've been up to. We can go ahead and... Oh, just, the, just a real quick follow-up on that. I think our last podcast is... I actually did end up buying... Star Wars Jedi Knight, um, uh, what is it, uh, Jedi Knight? Jedi Outcast? Jedi Outcast for Switch. I just haven't started it yet, but I got it. It's on there, and as soon as I go somewhere on, like, a trip or something, or I need, or, you know, or I get, I don't know, I need, I want a mobile game, essentially, you know what I mean? I'm going to whip it out when I'm ready for, like, a something single-player Star Wars-y, probably before Christmas, because I think I'm going to wait till Christmas to get the new Star Wars game, which comes out November 15th, woo! Anyways. Jedi Outcast is good. I played a little bit of it. Um, I need to play a little bit more of it. But it, it handles well. It feels well. They ported it nicely. The only problem I realized quickly with the game is when you're playing on your TV and your wife's trying to read a book or something, the Stormtrooper blaster rifles are immensely irritating. They're like, choo, 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 just constantly, nonstop blaster fire going off the entire game. So it's like you have to turn down the sound effects almost all the way or else the only thing resounding through your entire home is blaster effects. So 
I think that's just nature of an old game and maybe playing it on a computer you wouldn't notice as much in your own private area but when you're around other people that's the only thing other people can hear coming out of TV it was quite irritating so that's the only downside other than that the game actually ported nicely and it plays well and handles well so I liked it yeah I'm excited to get involved and play that one alright alright so let's move on over to the news um let's see here All right, everybody, welcome to the news. Um, we are going to mention just a quickly a couple video games coming out, a couple movies coming out, and what's been happening fall of 2019 here. Uh, make sure you haven't missed anything amazing. So the first thing you, you need to know not to miss is that Pokemon Sword and Shield is coming out on November 15th in about a little under two weeks from now, about 12 days from now, um, maybe 11 days when you guys hear this podcast. Um, that's coming out on a Friday. And that is the latest installment of Pokemon coming to Nintendo Switch. Um, it's going to have connection with Pokemon Home, which is going to be a mobile app. And that's also going to connect to Pokemon Go and Let's Go and all the prior Pokemon games. And they will have some way to port all your old Pokemon into Home, which is the new bank. Um, I think Sword and Shield looks pretty good. They have a new cooking thing they've, they've released where you're going to be like cooking up recipes. They've announced that there's an open world area that kind of ties all the other gym areas together, basically, called the Wilds. And um, I don't know, it looks good. Have, what have you seen of it? Does, does the game excite you, Zeke? Yeah, I'm excited for Pokemon. Yeah, I always, I honestly, I, the last couple of games I've picked up from Pokemon I've enjoyed and played almost all the way through or all the way through. So I'm, I'm excited for this one. I've heard, um, I I uh, I heard it like from you and just from the podcast. I did listen to a couple podcasts about it, and I I think I think they're doing they're mixing in a lot of things to make the game a little bit more friendly for people who haven't gotten super into it before. Which I'm excited to kind of see how that translates and how that actually feels. You know what I mean? Like as I sit down and play the game, you know, obviously I'll play through it, and I like to run around and catch Pokemon and play through the story in those games, I think, um, for the most part, as long as they're, you know, not too, uh, like, complicated or something, which usually they aren't. Um, yeah, but, Pokemon's um, usually pretty straightforward and simple. Um, I think some of the... I kind of ran through that really fast, but I think some of the newer features that people are getting excited about is the open-world area, which you'll actually be able to do raid battles inspired by Pokemon Go, the phone game. Um, so... Sorry, I lost my train of thought when my kids burst into the room. Um, but yes, uh, some of the new features coming to Pokemon, they have their multiplayer raid battles where you can actually group up with your friends and capture or defeat a supersized version of a Pokemon, and it gives you a chance to capture him afterwards, and he might have the ability to go supersize or some good stats or whatever, you know. They also announced that you'll be able to control and change the stats a little bit of your Pokemon and its natures or personalities. So this means that you won't have to work as hard or get into breeding, and the Pokemon that you play through the game with, you'll actually be able to turn them into something that you can use competitively um, to play against your friends, which is good. It's making it more like new new player friendly and we're just more user friendly in general less grindy a little bit more um about what pokemon's supposed to be about the collecting and the battling and the uh the experience as a whole as well as playing with friends i think you know your digital friends and your your real life friends so yeah um so yeah so that sounds good that's enough about pokemon though because we're going to do an entire episode on it and about two and a half weeks, three weeks maybe. Maybe we'll give you guys a week to play it, and then we're just going to go all in depth and spoil everything and talk about everything on it. Um, and uh, hopefully I don't turn into a Pokemon podcast because I'm definitely going to be binging that game for a while. Um, it's okay, I'll keep you grounded. 
All right, you'll keep me grounded. Uh, let's go ahead and play off the same day, November 15th. Uh, a movie coming out is Frozen 2. If you haven't heard of it, it was a pretty cute little movie. Um, I don't know if a lot of people watched it or not. Um, it was a Disney Pixar movie. Either way, you can catch the second one coming out November 15th. Uh, at the same day, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is also coming out. So it's a triple whammy on November 15th. Um, I think everyone's just, just trying to put everything out at the same time, I guess. Um, I haven't been keeping up on that game because I'm really just going to go in dark and be surprised, but I'm also not going to buy it uh, until probably around Christmas. So I'm going to wait and hear what some other people have to say about if it was worth it. Not as much the story. Like, I don't want to know the story. I don't really want to know the gameplay. I just want to know if people receive it well or not, because I didn't care for the last couple Star Wars games that came out, despite being a huge Star Wars fan. Um, but what about you, Zeke, for those three things? You're watching that movie. You're picking up those. Uh, you're obviously picking up Pokemon. You're picking up Jedi Fallen Order. We'll actually be on a cruise shortly before that movie comes out, which oftentimes they let us... We're actually going to be a Disney cruise. Mom said there's a good chance, um, which has happened before, that they've been on a cruise. When, right around the movie comes out, they usually let us air it and view it a little early. So we might actually get to see it before it comes out on the th on the cruise. Yeah, but, that, um, that's cool. So so maybe we'll be able to talk I'm about that on the podcast. So. Yeah, I'm pretty much a fan of, of most Pixar and uh, Disney movies like that. So I'm excited for it. You know, I'll watch it or whatever. I'm not like you know, counting down the days or anything. But when it comes out, I'll definitely watch it. Um, maybe not, I mean, hopefully on the cruise. Um, if not, maybe in theaters. If not, then eventually when it comes out on Disney streaming or something. If you'd but, like to, let me butt in before you talk Jedi Fallen Order just quick because you're on the Disney Pixar train yes. here. I run a Disney yeah. podcast called Forever Disney Adulting. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, again, that's Forever Disney Adulting. And we're going to be talking all about Frozen 2. All right, yeah, I think... Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. I'm super excited about that one, actually. Uh, I've been following the news and stuff on some podcasts. Not a ton, but, like, I heard some people who got to play it and talked about it. They really liked it. The combat sounds like it's really fun and really cool. I hear the um, customization is, like, huge. Like, it's, like, massive, massive amounts of customization of, like, force powers and all that kind of stuff. Like, the skill trees you can kind of take and all that kind of stuff, which sounds, like, right up my alley. Um, I have a feeling it, this is going to be like the Force Awakens, which, like yeah. you know, was very much a slice and dice force power based acrobatic Star Wars adventure. And if it's like that, I'll play, play, to enjoy it because I liked the first Force to Awakens. So. No, I so from what I've actually gathered, it's not as much like that as you think. It's actually much more like a um, uh, it's a little bit like did you play like Breath of the Wild or did you play like combat style or did you or like have you ever played um. What's that game called? The Dark Souls. I don't think either of us have played it, but you know how like you um, basically it's like counter. Oh, or like the uh, Assassin's Creed, the recent Assassin's Creeds that came out. Yeah, I played. played I played games? a lot of Assassin's Creeds. Yeah. So it's very much like like you. You know what I mean? You focus on somebody, and you're like you dodge, and then like go in, and like they they go to swing. You have to like dodge their swing and and go in and hit them, kind of thing. It's very much more of like a not so much a just run in and slice everybody up per se essentially it's much more of i mean there, there'll be some of that i think probably with like little guys you know what i mean but i actually heard the combat's actually really fun and interesting which is not at all what force awakens was like force awakens was very like just blah, like force powers everywhere blow up everything you know destroy everything super quick and blow up cool big things and everything i think that the, this game actually is taking a much different approach um I can't remember the creators. Oh, and the people who are doing the story, I'm pretty sure. Correct. Uh, I'm, 
Don't okay, I can help you out here. EA Games but, is the publisher, and the people, the developer studio is Respawn Entertainment, which is responsible for the um, uh, the robots Titanfall one and two. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Which that campaign was awesome. So I'm kind of hoping. Did you play Titanfall two? You did, yeah. And we actually got yeah. into playing it online for a while as well. Yeah, loved that game. Great game. Titanfall's campaign was amazing, and that's pretty much the people who are doing the story for this. So I think that speaks that. Uh, speaks well for it nobody actually knows the story too much about the story yet but from so far the gameplay that people have actually done everybody thinks it's awesome i think it's got the the early signs say it's a good competitor for game of the year all right well that's exciting all so it's all good to hear and i'm excited about that right, let's talk about some quick has-beens um october 31st luigi's mansion 3 came out i know neither one of us really got into that but if you're looking for a luigi's mansion spooky game that's out on switch um, Doom Eternal is coming out November 22nd, which is a sequel to the redone original Doom. So I guess they, they redid Doom, and this is a sequel to that, but it's not Doom 2. So whatever that means, I never played Doom, but I'm sure if, if you've played Doom, you know what this is. And that's coming out on the 22nd of this month. So you can play it after you beat Pokemon. Um, we also had Modern Warfare, the latest um, reboot of that series, or I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Call of Duty launched last month, October 25th. Uh, the newest, latest one came out. I'm, again, not playing that because I also bought Black Ops when it came out last year, and I never played that despite owning it. So I'm probably not going to buy it this time around because I just don't seem to be getting into Call of Duty. But if you're into that, that, that came out too, and I'm sure you're, you're neck deep in that already. I actually heard really good things about that one too. I hear it's 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 selling well, and a couple of my friends are playing it, and they, everyone seems to be like it seems to be like a like one of the better ones that have come out recently, if not the best one recently that's come out, and people are really liking it. I haven't heard super. I haven't played it, but eh, for what it's worth, I've heard good things about it. Cool. I I I would imagine so. The Black Ops was really well received last year, and I would imagine a Modern Warfare one would again be well received. Call of Duty always does well. Comes out every year, always does well. You know, no news there. Um, speaking of no news, let's go ahead and jump on over into the discussion. I think we've just about covered everything going on right now. Um, and welcome to the discussion, everybody. Today we're going to be talking about Magic the Gathering. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the online ways to play, but only briefly, just to tell you where to play them and the difference between the two ways. We're going to mostly talk about the physical card game. Um, a, a few weeks ago, I was introduced to the game by a buddy of mine, a local friend of mine uh, named Mike. Shout out to Mike. I know you're probably listening. Um, he actually almost came on the podcast today with us, but he's he uh, had to go car shopping this morning, so... I won't tell you where he lives and his social security number or anything. I think I've mentioned enough about his personal life. But um, he might actually come on for an episode eventually and talk with us because I'm sure he'd love to talk about Magic the Gathering. He's really into it. He's been playing it since high school, um, which is over a decade, if, if you don't know all of our age. Um, Zeke, you and me are into Magic, and after he introduced it to me, I introduced it to you. Um, so I guess we can talk about... Uh, Initial, you know, impressions, and when you saw it, have you ever played trading card games before? Was did this look like anything else you've ever played? Uh, what made you like it? Because you obviously kind of latched onto it and enjoyed it. So, what was it that liked it? When what was your first impression? Um. Well, first off, I was a little abrasive to try it. I've never really played a card game like that before, like a physical card game. Um. But uh, it's. I was worried it was going to be a little too complicated and just 
not something I wanted to get into, but it actually turns out it's pretty simple. Um, once you kind of, you know, the cards kind of explain to you what to do if you get a starter deck, you know what I mean? It seems actually pretty, pretty easy to get into, right? It seems like it has a really, really, it can get really, really, really complicated, you know what I mean? But I think if by starting off, at least with other people who aren't like pros like you guys, you know what I mean? It seems like I've, I started off, I actually, you know, every game is competitive. It's not like I've gotten, you know what I mean? It's not like, me being new to the game has like made me lose a bunch because that's actually kind of the opposite. My deck was actually pretty. I got a, like a starter deck or whatever, and it it worked out really well against what y'all had. So it seemed like it was pretty easy to get into. I picked it up pretty quick. Um, I only play. I only have a couple decks. I like it because I don't have to play it a ton. I can just kind of break it out whenever we're together. You know what I mean? It seems it doesn't seem like a huge time sink for me, um, which I kind of like. Like things that I can just kind of casually do, and I like that it's kind of casual. Um, it does remind me a little bit of Teamfight Tactics in the sense of like some of the base mechanics, where it's like, you know, you're randomly getting a set of you know cards or, or creatures champions, or something, creatures, right? Yeah. Tools, creatures, champions, and then there's different ways to buff them up and synergies between the cards and the champions, and you're basically, you know, there's like a battlefield right between you and the other player and based on what happens in that battlefield determines whether or not you lose health as like you're you know what i mean you're protecting your health essentially you know to, to continue to and as long as you're alive you continue to put out more creatures and do other things you know which is very similar to team fight tactics in that sense it's just team fight tactics is more um i don't know it's just it's very different but also like i don't know i thought it was weird how there was a lot of parallels between like the concept like the battlefield you're the randomness to it, the one v one kind of nature to it. Yeah, the strategy, up of you know, creatures the... and things like that, and champions, and the strategy to it, and then trying to protect your own health essentially. And once your health's gone, you, you know, the game's over. Yeah, kind of reminds me of that as well. Um, so I have played a lot of Pokemon TCG online over the years, and I have an in person deck and a bunch of cards. As, as lots of people my age have Pokemon cards lying around in the attic or something. I have a little bit of a collection. So I was not totally new to trading card games as kids you and i collected star wars trading cards and we didn't play we've collected but we didn't play yeah so i I, was, I would actually say we kind of played with our own rules sometimes we just made up rules with, yeah which yeah, is what yeah. a lot of kids do with all kinds of card games whether it be magic or pokemon or star wars they, they they get these cards and they like them and they're cool but they don't really know what to do with them so they just make up their own game and they try to determine whatever the card is saying on it and you know um I would say Star Wars, it was actually a little more complex than Pokemon, because I've actually looked back at the rules now, and uh, it plays a little bit closer to Magic. And Pokemon trading card game was actually made by the same guy who made Magic. Um, and it was made for kids, so it's a little simpler. Um, is where Magic is definitely more, more adult-themed. Lots of the imagery and artwork on the cards is uh, a little... Yeah, spicy, I don't know, a little adultish sometimes when it comes to uh, male and female characters and violence. Um, so it's definitely a little more themed towards adults, or Pokemon TCG is a little bit more themed towards kids, but there are bazillions of adults who enjoy it, um, and it definitely has a level of strategy very similar to Magic. Um, I was immediately drawn in, into Magic just because I love trading card games and I love just about everything I try. I don't know. Anything geeky or nerdy or anything uh, video game related or fantasy related. I mean, I'm a really big fan of the medieval time period and video games that take place in that, and I'm a big fan of the fantasy style um, setting, of the fantasy setting. Um, so anything like that. So this game just immediately grabbed me. I was like, oh, I like that. That's cool. Um, I mean, so that's kind of how we got into it. 
think we did a pretty good job of explaining what it is. I don't think anyone's not going to know what a trading card game is, but a trading card game, this one, Magic the Gathering, is basically you each play with a deck of cards, you draw them blindly out of the deck as if you're playing war with regular cards, you know. You get seven in your hand, and then you lay them out on the board, and you attack the other player, and then they can block or use spells and stuff, and you basically have to kill the other player. Each player has 20 health, and you use all your cards, whether it be soldiers and spells and stuff, to defeat the other player. And the first person to hit zero health loses, or the first person to run out of cards loses. And there's all kinds of variations and ways and strategies to play the game. Um, now you can buy more cards at your local game stores or at GameStop. Um, you can buy them at Target. You can buy them on Amazon. You can buy them really anywhere. Literally anywhere. CVS. Um, I Probably Publix. I mean, you can literally buy these suckers anywhere. I haven't really been anywhere yet that I haven't seen them. Even bookstores and stuff. So trading card games are pretty popular everywhere. Pokemon and Magic the Gathering. You can kind of pick them by over Yu-Gi-Oh. You can get those anywhere. Um, so definitely very easy to get into. You can buy starter decks or box sets or little booster packs. And that just means like how many cards you're getting sometimes. You're getting hundreds of cards at one time. You're getting 15 cards. Are they random? Are they predetermined? And you can just kind of buy them all and mix and match them and play however you want to play, which gets extremely complex. And you have to do it well or you find out think, that your cards don't work together. A, I think building a deck is the complex part. But I think if you start with a starter deck and you slightly modify it tiny bits like you play it a bunch kind of learn how it plays and then maybe it, it teaches you a little bit more like oh if i put this in instead of this it might help me out because once you kind of understand what the point of a deck is you know what i mean I, I definitely don't think i could build a deck but i can play the game and like modify the decks that come pre-built slightly you know what i mean because the more you modify it before you actually know what you're doing the more chances you are you're just going to unbalance the deck and make it terrible that's what it seems. Exactly, yeah. So anytime An unbalanced you... deck doesn't do well. And they make very well-balanced decks, you know. Yeah, so all their decks are always designed the same way Pokemon, actually. All these trading card companies that make these, these pre-built decks, they're determined to be balanced, like you said. They're also determined to teach you one aspect of the game. So usually a deck is based around draining someone's life, or around you gaining life, or around your creatures getting buffed, or around throwing spells at somebody, or whatever it be, it designs a deck around that one purpose, that one win condition, and teaches you how to win that way. And, and, if you, and it always plays the same way, and it's usually very dependable. It won't usually draw that bad unless your cards are messed up and all your mana's on one side or something. Um, so in that way, it's balanced and easy to play, but they're also not... They don't sell you all the best cards predetermined. You have to go and buy them singly or in booster packs and randomly get these cards, and, and that's what makes the game... I mean, in a sense... Not exactly pay-to-win, but it kind of is pay-to-win at a certain extent. Um, the game, being a trading card game, is you can go out and buy all the best cards and win against people who don't have them. But if you're playing against people of equal card collections, the game is a little bit more fun and a little more even. So like our little friend circle, none of us are going to go drop hundreds of dollars on cards. So it makes it fun for us to play because we're all playing with cards that are pretty equal in power and nothing that's super broken. Um, as opposed to if you wanted to get into the pro scene, this is like an interesting topic actually I wanted to talk about. Getting to the pro scene in a video game like League of Legends or um, uh, the, the big Blizzard shooter and stuff, like, um, or even Call of Duty, you have to be really skilled at the game. It comes down to reaction time and your ability to beat other players and be better. As to where a card game, you have to be able to make wise decision making and stuff, but once you've achieved the level of decision making and understanding of the game, the real thing that stops you from getting into a pro scene is actually money. 
Um, so if you went out and dropped two or three, four thousand dollars on a deck, you could show up to local tournaments and state tournaments and have a good shot at placing in top eights and stuff. But you have to have a, a little bit of an understanding of the game. But once you do that, the only thing prohibiting you is money, um, which is very different from like an esports scene where the only thing prohibiting you is your skills. No amount of money is going to buy you into, um, you know, a, a large tournament. So it's just very different in the way. It, I mean, I kind of like it in a sense, but at the same time, you know. I don't know. The online magic formats like Arena and Magic Online, you can actually just get good at and go to tournaments and participate in tournaments. So it's not exactly a money sink that much. But there is, you still have to unlock certain cards. And if you want to unlock them faster, you can pay to unlock them faster. Or you can just play and unlock them casually. So I guess there's a bit of a pay to win there as well. Yeah, I feel like also um, when it comes to like, pay to win or skill to win or I don't know. I I try not to view these games as like, like I don't think I'm ever going to want to pay like pay I don't think I'm ever going to want to go pro in any of those games. You know what I mean? So it's not like like it's it's interesting to think about, but I found especially with a lot of these games if like if your goal is to go pro, you know what I mean? I think I think as adults we kind of realize like that's not really a goal of ours is to got really to go pro. You know what I mean? It's more just to kind of have fun from have some fun with friends enjoy it and i think magic's set up in a way that it is really easy to like casually play and have fun with um like maybe i i i mean i've yet to see the local scene but like at least with like a couple of friends i can vouch for i think you can vouch a little bit for like a local scene that like not too hard to kind of get into and just go in and play you win some you lose some you have some fun it is what it is same with things with league of legends same thing with team by tactics like it's fun to climb you know ranked and like oh i got points you know and this and the other thing and feel like you know have fun with it but at the end of the day if you're not having fun when you're losing i don't think it's worth playing a game you know i agree with that you have to have fun both winning and losing you can't play a game to win all the time especially these competitive online games or anything that's like player versus player you know what i mean like you really have to just enjoy the mechanics and enjoy that game and i think both like all these games we've been talking about all these pvp is like especially the ones that i play like i don't play a game unless i feel like there's like some challenging mental aspect of it where it's like I feel like I can like um, compete or counter or like you know what I mean like I know what's going on and I can kind of understand what's going on and I feel like they're putting me up against people who are or I'm playing against people who are similar enough in skill level where I can enjoy and have fun and like you know I may not win but like I had some really good plays or I had some really good moments in there that were just fun and and then at the same time as long as everyone's got a good attitude about it it's really fun and it can be very fun. Um, just fun to play. And that's why, you know, we play games, right? Yep, for the fun of it, which is why we're here, talking about these yeah. awesome games. So, um, I guess since you touched on local scenes and stuff, if you're looking to get into Magic the Gathering or you have some friends you want to try it with, the best way to do so is like you and me did, go out and buy a couple starter decks. They're 10 bucks, 12 bucks, something like that. Go out and buy a little deck, open it up, play with your friends. Um, that's a great way to just learn the game. They usually have instruction manuals in them. And they're very self-explanatory. And if you've played any games, like if you're a board game player or, uh, you know, any any of those those hippin' games that have been coming out a lot, you go to Target and buy a game that has boards or cards. Magic plays a lot like those. Um, whether you're playing um, Killer Bunnies or Munchkins or anything of that sort on a board format, this is going to remind you of that, and it's going to play very similar, where it kind of teaches you the game as you play. Um, so that's the easiest way to get into it. If you're trying to go into a local scene... The best way to get into the local scene, which requires a little bit of understanding of the game, is to go to a draft night. Um, and every Friday night is usually draft nights at any local card shops, because Friday Night Magic is a thing. 
And draft is where you play in the latest expansion pack. So everybody gets three booster packs, and you all open your pack and take a card and pass the pack. And by the end, you all have a collection of cards that you've gotten to choose. I'm trying to keep this as simple as possible so my explanation doesn't get too long-winded. But you basically build a deck on the spot with the cards that you randomly got, and everybody does it. So everybody's on equal footing. There's no pay to win. There's no advantages. Everyone's on equal footing except the people that have the game knowledge. And at this point, it's pure skill. It's game knowledge, game understanding, and ability to formulate something that works cohesively. Can you get something that works together out of these random cards you got? And if you can do that and play it properly, you'll uh, you'll have a good time. You'll win some. You'll lose some. And that's a great way to kind of get into magic, um, aside from picking up a a deck and playing with your friends, which is the real way you need to start so that you don't show up and slow down everyone's fun and embarrass yourself. So you need to have a little understanding before you go to any events. But they also have, sometimes they have um, events that are just open and that everybody just gets together and plays casually. And that's a great way to get into something too. That way you can go in and learn with people and maybe make some friends that to play with if you don't have any friends to play with. Another great way to learn the game is online. Uh, either Magic Online through Steam or Magic Arena is the new official um, Wizards of the Coast um, launched, developed game. It just officially launched this September. It's last September here, so it's out now. Um, but it's been around in beta for like a year. And that's a digital format of the most recent card sets. And you can get on and play through a 20-minute tutorial, and it'll teach you everything you need to know about playing Magic, and you should have a good understanding of it by the time you're done. That's the fastest way to learn Magic. Get on, play you know, 10 matches through the tutorial, and you'll understand what's going on. And what's cool is you can also, if you buy a newer deck, a newer pre-constructed deck for 12 or 15 bucks, you can lots of times upload that deck with a code that it comes with right into Magic Arena, and you can play your deck you just bought online as well. So it's a great way to get to know your deck online and to get comfortable with it, and then you can either modify it online or modify it in person and play it with your friends and, and that kind of thing. Um, but before we, we delve any more into the uh, digital formats, I want to talk a little bit more about the physical and about things we just enjoy about Magic the Gathering. Alright, so you've you've now been introduced to all the colors, Zeke, of the game. There is white, which is like humans, angels, uh, soldiers, creatures. Um, blue is a lot of spells and fairies and some fan fantasy creatures. Um, lots of counter spells and control. Red is like a damagey dragons and fire and throwing flames and such. Uh, black is like a death deck of vampires, zombies, demons, uh, draining people's life, things like that. And then the green. Green is like a foresty deck. Lots of forest creatures and wolves and, um, you know, werewolves and creature buffing and stuff like that. What color have you liked the best? Um, what colors have you been playing with? And, and what do you want to try next? Um, the, the beginner deck I got, which was free, that you gave me from a card store, was blue and white, which I, I liked. That was fun. I kind of got me a little addicted to blue. I like I liked blue. So then I bought an all-blue deck online, which I actually really like. That one's fun. Um, a lot of flying creatures and a lot of spells. It's, it's kind of built more around countering the other player and basically uh, delaying what they want to do and stopping what they're trying to do and what they're trying to build up, which... Is a lot of the way I like to play. That's one of the reasons I like League of Legends and invite you know League of Legends specifically is because like watching you know what I mean. It's one of those games like Super Smash where like if you watch the other player and you kind of have an idea of what they're trying to do with their deck, it's much you know what I mean. Then you can play a card that stops them or prolongs them or makes it harder for them to do what they want to do, which then allows you to kind of just 
build up enough cards and end the game in a pretty simple way, or you know maybe do uh, apply a power up or something, and just you know once you have enough cards on the board and just end the game in one foul swoop essentially. And then I also recently just got a black deck, which is really fun. Except one game that I played, which was like against a green deck that completely countered my deck. <laughs> but besides that one game, I've had a lot of fun with this new deck, and it um, it's just very much like uh, there's a lot of vampires in it, and it's uh, it's kind of built more just around just killing creatures. Like there's a lot of like oh just insta kill, or if you attack me and I you know what I mean I defend you, then we just both die instantly. You know what I mean? Like it's very just like there's a lot of target. Like, oh, decrease damage, decrease damage. There's also a lot of healing in it as well. So, like, you know, do damage and heal, do damage and heal. So it's like vampires, right? So you're essentially, like, murdering things and stealing their blood. And then at some point, you can even also, like, turn other enemy creatures into and take control of them, essentially. Because this is kind of built around vampires. All those things kind of make sense. Vampires are awesome. I don't know who doesn't like. Yeah, vampires. it's, it's like really fun to play. I read the I read through the decks online, like a bunch of decks, like what cards were in there, kind of skimmed through, and this one just looked super fun to play. So I was like, ah, oh, I'm gonna play this, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, I started with a um a white creature deck. It was white and black, so it had a couple of vampires, but it actually had a lot of human soldiers and creatures. Um, and it had a Gideon planeswalker, and the idea is basically to buff your creatures up while gaining health, and then, you know ending the game by some super buffed up creatures and stuff that you have and just kind of overwhelming them with a bunch of troops on the field. The second deck I bought is a, a red-white deck, which is half knights, and meaning like sword knights, and uh, half spells, fire spells. And it, they kind of work together to keep the board cleared while your knights can can group up with griffins to fly, and they can slice down the enemy. Um, it's kind of like death by a, a thousand paper cuts, but it's more like death by a thousand fireballs i mean either way uh it, it plays really fun i've enjoyed both decks i've also got a creature uh, a mono green creature deck i built which is eh, it's what it is i threw a bunch of cards in it um i've been playing a lot online and we've been playing a lot locally we've been playing uh every week with a group of guys sometimes two other guys sometimes just one other guy either way we have three or four players and we're trying to to find out who else locally plays magic the gathering so that we can play on our own a little bit host at our own houses have some pizza and beer um i went out to one tournament and i i lost a little and won a little one of the local draft night tournaments um that was a good experience got a lot of cards i enjoyed um but yeah, I mean, that's it. That's Magic the Gathering in a nutshell, right? I mean, is there anything else you want to cover about it before I mention some of the online ways to play quick? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. It's a fun game. If you want to try it out, yeah, try it out. Yeah. Try it out either with friends or online, I think, are the two best ways. Or if you can find a local scene, jump in there, too. Yeah. It's awesome. It's fun. All right, so if you're looking, if you want to try it out physically, you know how to do that. If you want to try it out online, like I said, uh, Steam has a free-to-play version you can download called Magic Online. And the other way to play it is the Magic Arena, which recently launched. And I guess the big difference is the Steam version has a, uh, I don't want to say a larger community, because it's kind of hard to tell at the exact moment, but it definitely has a longer-lived community. Um, so there's a lot of community events going on, a lot of like um, friends lists and stuff you can add, makes it easy to play with people and meet new people. It also has all the, like, all, all the cards going back all the way, basically. So so many cards you can play with and, and build decks with. As to where Magic Arena, uh, only has the last few sets, so it's uh, only standard, which we didn't really explain, but standard 
playing standard means you're only playing with the last couple of years worth of sets. Modern goes back uh, like over a decade, and then Legacy goes back even further. And those are different formats you can play, so that way you can be sure if you're playing with your friends that you're all playing in the same format, then nobody has anything that's going to come out of left field and really overpower you. Because um, it kind of locks you all into the same card pool of cards you can decide to play with. Um, but I don't want to get too much into the weeds with that, so let's jump back on track. Um, Magic Arena, the best thing about Magic Arena is that you can upload your brand new uh, 2019 decks that you buy that are pre-built. You can upload those directly into the game, and that gives you a, a large card pool. And it's just cool that you can play with the same thing you're playing with physically. You can play it online, which it honestly, to me, makes it more fun. So. Um, but both versions are really good. The Steam version has a lot more formats, like Modern and Legacy, and they have all kinds of different tournaments, like Popper and um, probably Pioneer and stuff. And if you play Magic, you know what I'm saying, and if you don't, this won't mean anything to you. But there's a lot more formats and ways to play on the Steam version. So hopefully the Arena version can catch up and they do good stuff with it. Uh, if not, I guess they will just both coexist and live together, because I think they're both pretty different and uh, both pretty good. Oh, I also did a full review of Magic Arena on my website, halffullreviews.com. You can go there, read my full review. There's some photos. You can see what it looks like. Um, you can also connect with us there, whether you want to jump on our Discord and chat with us in Discord. I'm Jedi DJ in the Discord, and he's Jedi Zeke. And you can also check out our websites. His website is easyrunningcoach.com. Mine is halffullreviews.com. I also run a marketing website called Half Full Marketing. A dot site, and I run a Disney website called foreverdisneyadulting.com, where we also have a podcast. So that's how you can kind of find a lot of the stuff we're working on. Uh, we appreciate everybody who listened. Um, and uh, is there anything else you'd like to say before we, we roll the credits and take off, Zeke? No, that's it. Have fun out there gaming. Yeah, have fun gaming, guys. We'll be back to talk to you in the next couple of weeks um, about Pokemon, maybe sooner, uh, but definitely no later. And uh, till next time, may the Force be with you. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the Half Full Gaming Podcast. This show was created by myself, DJ Zauner, and my brother, Zeke Zauner. The music was done by Rebecca Zauner. We invite you guys to visit our websites at halffullreviews.com and easyrunningcoach.com. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can share us with a friend, leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen. And if you'd like to support the show monetarily, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash halffullreviews. We'll see you next time.